This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we will be covering Season 3, Episode 13, Ghost Facers. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Ghost! Ghost We face the ghost where the others will lie. We're the ghost! Ghost Stay in the kitchen when the kitchen gets hot. Ghost! Ghost faces. We face the nightmare. We face the dread. Ghost! Ghost faces. We face the faces. We face the dead. They fall into the supernatural. That says season two, episode two. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Have you not updated it? Since no, because I haven't really needed it. That's I good. only opened this document for the um, the outro stuff because I can never remember what I say. <laughs> it's a, lo- a slightly longer monologue. Alright, let's do this thing. Ghost facers. <laughs> Face the ghosts. When others will not. Ghost facers. Stay in the kitchen, kitchen when, when the, the kitchen, kitchen gets hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so ghost, we... Ghost facers. <laughs> um, this is the easiest intro music choice ever. Uh, besides the episodes where there is no music choices to make, and so I just use Carry On Wayward Son. <laughs> uh, so... We get our recap, uh, Dean's deal, and then of course Ed and Harry, who we met in Hell House. And <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> what was that? So like a giant farted. <laughs> I think it was a car. I think it was a motorcycle, but it did sound like a big fart. Under <laughs> the giant fart. <laughs> okay, um, so in the recap, Dean's deal, and then Ed and Harry, who we met way back in season one in Hell House. Um, if you guys remember, they were the sweet Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the, like, amateur ghost hunters that were investigating the haunted house, and Sam and Dean were just like, you guys Genuine. are gonna get yourself literally killed. I love this episode. It's so great. So, yeah. Ed and Harry. Also, the longest surviving supernatural characters. As of, as far as we know, season 15, they are both alive. Do they show up again at season 15? They show up in, like, season 8. Okay. Or 9. Um, but that's, I think that's the last time we saw them. Um, so, but as far as we know, they're still kicking. So, they literally survived 15 seasons of the deadliest show on television. I, well, I think Criminal Minds might take the cake for deadliest show. <laughs> but like you know what I mean, like not even the main Someone characters dies in Doctor Who too. So that's never... true. <laughs> but not even the main characters of Supernatural have survived. That's true. Like, <laughs> as far as we know, Ed and Harry, the, the longest living Supernatural characters. Um, but yeah, so we enter on the best. I love this episode. We open on Ed and Harry sitting in wing black wing wing blacked. <laughs> wing blacked it's late I don't even know what you're trying to say wing backed chairs armchairs in front of a fireplace Uh, the super rookie described it as a la masterpiece theater which I'm not familiar with so I'm going to look up for us I think that's just like theater that's on BBC right um 
Is a PBS show? Oh, PBS, okay. Nope, not videos. Images. Give me images. Oh. Here we go. Okay. So, there's a guy in a <laughs> yes, chair so in front of the fireplace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess this is a thing that they did. So yes, this is like a common, a common sight in this show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, they are talking about their new pilot. They described it as the bold new future of reality tv the way that harry does the quotation marks is ridiculous it's so dumb around reality tv like he does it on one side with one hand he doesn't do two hand quotation marks he does it with one hand and he goes reality to one side and then tv on the other (laughs) it's so weird um but yeah they're talking about how there's this is uh basically they're touting their their new pilot um this ghost faith or ghost hunting show that they're doing um the the lights go down we get the kind of classic spooky lighting where it's like lit from below um you know like when you're around a campfire and you hold your flashlight under your chin while you're telling creepy stories it's kind of those vibes but a, not a flashlight <laughs> uh they tell the audience um to strap in for the scariest hour of your life as they describe it um which is just great I love it. <laughs> so, and this is where we get the Ghost Facers intro. And I love they do this. I love how they do this because they get Ed, Harry, Spruce, Maggie, Corbett, and then they include Sam and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and Dean's swapping them off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, they blur it out with one of their, like, logos. Did you notice? That's what they use for when, every time every they time curse. Every time they swear, too. yeah. They bleep it out. They put one of the Ghost Facer logos, which is... Uh, that's great. That's what y'all will see in our podcast art is the first Winchester swear word, uh, which is Sam. Yay. <laughs> um, so also, we don't get a regular splash screen this episode. This is a fun fact for you. I, I think I kind of knew that, but I hadn't like really processed that fact is that we do not get the supernatural splash screen. It's just the ghost facers one multiple times. With the theme song. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> so. But yeah, we get a, like... Uh, we get a great, like, Ghost Facers intro to kick off this episode. Yeah. Um, why does it say homework? Um, that's what they... They, like, edit the... The episode, throughout the episode, they'll be like... I don't know what it's called when there's like a, like a title at the bottom of the screen. Um, a super, so it is. There's like a super at the bottom of the screen. They'll be like, you know, when when a movie's like London, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. things like that. Um, they do this. There's phase one, phase two, phase three. Um, like throughout the episode, they've like divided the episode into these like sections. So phase one is homework. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> And we, we Is were, that AMC Gremlin a car? Yes, their car. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I don't know what any of these words mean. <laughs> Sorry. Like, phase one homework, they pull up in an AMC Gremlin. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, Once again, just for a reminder, I copy and paste my synopses from the Super Wiki, and then I will, like, 
kind of like add my own things to it and expand on things and stuff but so if something sounds word for word from the super wiki it probably is <laughs> i try not to go word for word but yeah it sometimes that's just the best way to say it <laughs> okay so ed and harry from ghost ghost facers <laughs> I'm gonna do that <laughs> multiple times throughout the episode, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> they pull up in apparently a vintage AMC Gremlin because I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a car. I don't know what that looks like. I don't remember what it, lo- what it looked like in the episode. Here, I'll show you. Um. And they reveal in the interviews that they can start ghost hunting at six o'clock thanks to the flexibility <laughs> of their jobs at the local Kinkos. And um, they hold a strategy meeting because they now have a team of ghost hunters. Um, so they have like a makeshift office in their parents' garage. Or Ed's parents' garage. Go. Okay. Because their car. Fun <laughs> fact. Um, so the ghost, or um, Ed and Harry's car is a 1973. I think we actually see it in Hell, ha- Hell House as well. Um, Charlie drives a yellow 1976 AMC Gremlin, which is fun. Also, there's a fan car that's a replica of Charlie's named Yurdy. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yurdy the Supernatural Gremlin, (laughs) which is great. Off off topic, sorry. I was looking up the car for Haley. Um, and other members of the team include Corbett, who is the intern slash cook and who is very gay for ed <laughs> um maggie the research team is a deads wow. a deads <laughs> it's gonna be a long night it's gonna be a long one uh is ed's adopted sister i think i made a joke at some point during this episode that they killed the, the ghost facers boys killed two birds with one stone with maggie because they have a woman and a person of color on the team and corbin's gay I don't so there, there's our there you go because our I representation i don't think spruce counts <laughs> spruce is 15 16th jewish and 1 16th cherokee and he calls himself a shamanologist and is also their main camera guy yeah that one sixteenth Cherokee—that's a um, obviously they're like making a joke, but they're making fun of people who say I'm one sixteenth Cherokee. <laughs> um, that is of all of the tribes that people will claim to be descended from, Cherokee is the most common, and it's always like, oh, I'm descended from like a Cherokee princess, or, like I'm one sixteenth Cherokee <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, sure and you I- are. <laughs> Honestly, I might actually have a little bit of Cherokee blood in me because the Cherokee and the Catawba were kind of like neighborish tribes and they actually like mingled a lot. Um, they interacted a lot. So it's entirely possible that like I could have some like Cherokee in me, but I'm Catawba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Spruce. <laughs> it's a very obvious joke of making fun of people who claim to be the 116th Cherokee because it makes them special. What does 15th, 16th Jewish mean? <laughs> But he's most he's Jewish. <laughs> it's he's, just a weird um, fraction, but okay. It is a very weird fraction. I feel like there's That's a better way to is. do that. That's what the joke is. is oh, it's yeah, a very dumb fraction. <laughs> he likes, he's focused not, on the sixteenth there. For they're sure. not a quarter Cherokee. They're not like one eighth Cherokee. They're one sixteenth Cherokee. So like, 
like I'm technically math wise a quarter Kataba because my grandfather isn't Jewish more a religion. It's an ethnicity. Is it? It's yeah. Um, I think Jew Judaism is a little bit complicated. I think it's a religion, but it's also an ethnicity. Like the Jewish people like come from like the same like region and stuff. Like their ancestors. You know, but you can also be. Doesn't that be Israel? So there's there's people who are ethnically Jewish, and then there are people who are just religiously Jewish, and they're they can be the same or they can be separate. So like you can be ethnically Jewish but not religious. Interesting. You not like I didn't know that. practice Judaism, or you can be like a convert to Judaism but not actually be like like have Jewish ancestry. Yeah. So it's. It's both. It, Judaism is very, very interesting in that way. I really find it fascinating. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so, like, I am technically, like, a one-quarter Kataba because my grandpa is pure Kataba. Um, so if you're one-eighth, one then it's your great-grandparents. And if you're one-sixteenth, it's your great-great-grandparents. <laughs> so it's, like, way back there, definitely never met them. So, Yeah. Uh, it's their basically way of saying like I'm a little bit special. Sorry, I'm harping on this. Let's move on. <laughs> um, Ed gives them the rundown on a legend that says every four years on February 29th, so leap year, uh-huh. uh, Morton House becomes the most haunted place in America for the night. Yeah, is known as the leap year ghost. Um, Ed reminds them that this Friday is their last chance for another four years. Yeah. So. And, and then Ed's dad opens the garage and knocks their whiteboard down. It's really great. Like, dad. <laughs> I love it. Um, so now we enter phase two, which is infiltration. Uh, the ghost facers, there's a fence surrounding the Morton house because I guess the local authorities got sick of kids breaking in. Um, which was really funny because they're like, they got tired of like kids breaking in. And then like later Sam and Dean are like, look at all these missing people. And they're like, are these real? Like, who do you? Why do you think they put the fence up? <laughs> um, so they're they're trying to like break in uh, when they hear a very distinct engine, um, and then Grand Funk Railroads, we're an American band, plays as the Impala rolls by with the boys scoping out the place. Um, so the the Ghostfacers like all like huddle up in the bushes. Um, and Sam and Dean pass on by, um, and then the, I don't know who's messing with the lock, I don't remember, but they get through the fence, uh, and they go inside, and in the, like, big main room, they set up what they call the Eagle's Nest, which is their main command center, which is where they're putting, like, all of their, like, laptops and stuff, and then they start going around the house, um, putting cameras in corners to broadcast back to their computers in the Eagle's Nest, um, so they have the whole house on camera. And, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this. This entire episode, except for the very last scene, is viewed via shaky, like, handheld camera. Um, so kind of Blair Witch Project style. Um, it's handheld shaky cam I style filming. really enjoyed which this makes episode it... being from Ghostfacer's point of view and, like, uh-huh. Sam and Dean from a different perspective for a change. Uh-huh. It's so and good. it's all being on the shaky cam the whole time. It's great. It's a fantastic episode. I really, I think I talked about this in Roadkill. I really love outsider perspective episodes, and we don't get a lot. 
Do you hear the train? Yeah, I was looking at my car too. Oh, where's your car? By the dog park. Ugh. <laughs> um, but I really love outsider perspective in Supernatural because, like, we get the boys' per- perspective. Perspe- nah, we get <laughs> shit. Don't we have a beat? It's contagious. <laughs> I was already having issues. It's maybe, true. Maybe you caught it from me. Um, we get the boys' perspective all the time. So for us, like, all of this stuff is normal, you know, because yeah. that's just every episode. But then we get like. Um, Maggie and Roadkill or the ghost facers like experiencing these things and being like holy shit this this is real and like their view of the boys and you're like these guys are a little bit crazy they're 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 questionable (laughs) (laughs) are you sure this water is sanitary it looks questionable to me (laughs) in that movie Tarzan yeah I used to quote that all the time. My parents used to make fun of me, too, because I'm kind of a germaphobe. And they would always quote that <laughs> to me. Baby elephants are really that way. When they first encounter water, their mom has to show them that the water's okay, because they'll be afraid of it. So. I would be like, after they would like cook with raw meat or something, like, did you sanitize this? And I'm like, are you sure this is sanitary? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Except I didn't say shut up to my parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you thought it. Um, okay. But yeah, I like, I like that this is an outside perspective episode. I love outside perspective fan fiction as well because you're like, ah, these guys are a little bit psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, drive around the car or drive around the car, drive around the country in their car, just the two of them, and like kill monsters and like have a trunk full of weapons and shit and like live out of motel rooms and like. Mm. That's questionable. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, they set up their cameras all over the house. Then we enter stage phase three, FaceTime. Before FaceTime was a thing. (laughs) Different kind of FaceTime. funny because that's what... That's what Grammarly wants me to correct that to. It wants me to get rid of the space. (laughs) Um, The ghost facers have split up into teams. There's team one... Which, Which is, is very Scooby Ed Doo. and Corbett, <laughs> <laughs> and then Team Two is Harry, Maggie, and Spruce. Yeah, um, Corbett's kind of freaking out, um, even more so when he hears Ed hears something strange. When he and Ed hear something strange, which um, I think the first time I watched the episode, I was like, "Oh, what are they hearing?" And now this time, I'm like, "Oh, they're hearing the Winchesters already." <laughs> oh yeah, they're breaking in probably. Um, elsewhere, Spruce's camera starts fritzing out, um, and they enter a room for Harry to go running at the sight of a dead rat. It's so funny. <laughs> Harry's, like, got his, like, foot, he's, like, pushing at the door with his foot, and then Spruce is, like, turn the knob, and Maggie, like, reaches it and turns the knob, and then Ed just, or Harry just, like, pushes the door open with his foot. Like, he's, like, acting like he's kicking the door down, but he's, like, just pushing it. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Um, at that time, Ed and Corbett run into Sam and Dean. Uh-huh. They, Sam and Dean try to claim their cops, but Ed recognizes them from their earlier encounter in Texas. He's like, I know you. And then Sam goes, holy shit. He's <laughs> like, from, from West Texas, that Tulpa we had to take out, those two idiots that almost got us killed. And then Dean says, fuck me, I think. <laughs> Which is 
and it's bleeped out, but this is the closest we'll ever get to the boys really swearing. I like Sam only swears twice this episode, and Dean swears like six times. What does it mean in this episode is the only episode that they actually swear, and the rest of the episodes they don't? Well, they can't swear in other episodes because it's like network TV. I know, but what does it mean canonically? <laughs> that Dean has a fucking potty mouth. I know, but he only swears in this episode. <laughs> he does say bitch a lot. Um, they only swear from an outsider's point of view. Yeah, because within like the format it's of the just, show, it's just interesting. It is very interesting, but it's also like within the format of the show, they can't just like bleep. Yeah, in the middle I, I understand of an why, but, but with it's this, like, cano- this, if format, you think about it canonically, it's weird. Yeah, with <laughs> this format, it gives them the freedom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit weird. If only we had HBO Supernatural. The boys would have had so much swearing. All the swearing. Dean would maybe have his tattoos. He would definitely smoke. And also Winces would be canon. <laughs> I think we talked about this. Is there's like a section of the fandom that's like, Destiel would be canon. And I'm like, on the network that brought you Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> And House of the Dragon? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I may cut that out. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> oh yeah, I also made a comment about how Sam manages to look like a fucking model this entire episode, even though it's like shitty quality shaky cam. <laughs> Sam looks so good. <laughs> Your turn still. I can't see with this thing. How do I move this? Um, hit the X. Okay. Um, Ed tries to claim that they were there first, and Sam and Dean have to leave, but Dean is not having that. Um, meanwhile, the other team witnesses a ghost from like the 1920s, like a gangster-style yeah. ghost, who live his horrible death by getting shot. By a shooting, yeah. They see all of a these ghosts. Full class as- apparition. <laughs> <laughs> a class four. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think all of the ghosts are from like the 50s ish. I think they're supposed to be. Um, because, or like, f- I think 49 is the year that the ghost, the big bad ghost, stole the bodies. Was it? I think so. But they also talked about it being like 60s-ish with the rations and stuff. So I'm confused. Uh, this is like Cold War era. I'm probably mixing up numbers, but so these are like Cold War era yeah. ghosts. Um, so. Um, so Sam and Dean are trying really hard to get Ed to take the ghost facers out of the house. Um, Sam is like pulls out all these missing person reports and he's like, look, these guy went, went into the house went missing, this guy went in the house went missing, like and Ed's like, wow, these are really real. Look, like These look really real. It sounds like, yeah, that's because they are, <laughs> you morons. And this is when Team 2 comes in screaming, like, we saw a class forever. <laughs> it's so funny. I love the way they do this. The comedic timing of this episode is perfection. Um, they're, like, screaming about what they saw, and then Harry freezes, and he's like, hold on, aren't those those assholes from Texas? <laughs> and then just Dean's like, okay, enough. And tries to get them to leave again. We gotta um, have this reunion at the ice cream parlor across the street or something. Like <laughs> he's that. like my treat or something like that. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> please go, um, because 
it's before midnight. I don't think we mentioned this. There's like time stamps throughout the episode. So this is where it's like when midnight is when the ghost appears. Yeah, on leap midnight year. <laughs> on midnight going into leap year is when the ghost appears, and then I guess for like the whole day it's haunted or something like yes, that. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> or really just understand. that night. I don't know. I don't fully understand the logic of it, but um, ghosts rarely make a hundred percent sense. <laughs> They're ghosts. Um, they do what they want. Yeah. Um, the, the ghost facers uh, obviously refuse to leave. Um, they settle in to watch the footage that Spruce has captured of this um, ghost. Um, and Sam and Dean kind of like step aside. I love the way they do this because like Spruce is filming all of this. Um, and um, I like the way they do this because like the... Ed and Harry and Maggie and Corbin are like all huddled around the laptop watching the playback of this this ghost that they saw um, and Sam and Dean like step off into like the entryway at the base of the stairs and they're like whispering to each other about like oh I think this is a death death echo like this is that's not like that there's no way that that's the thing that's making all these people go missing like you know, this isn't the big bad. This is not the real threat. And Spruce, like, follows them. He's like, what's a death echo? Like, Spruce <laughs> is so noisy. No, noisy? Nosy. Um, but so the boys explain that a death echo, which I actually copied and pasted the... We didn't really do too much digging on this. Which sounds to me like a real-world phenomenon, at least according to real ghost hunters. Real <laughs> ghost quote unquote. hunters. Um, is, yeah similar to residual energy in a yeah. way. I think that's kind of the same concept. So in Supernatural lore, a death echo is a trapped ghost that is stuck reenacting its death over and over in a loop. Sometimes they can be sh- shocked into moving on, particularly by someone um, that they have like a strong emotional connection to. Um, so literally, like while they are um... Oh, we're not seeing another one for a minute. But, like, there's another death echo we'll encounter later that mm-hmm. Dean is, like, yelling at, trying to, like, get him to, like, realize that he's dead. But yeah. um, he doesn't have, like, a personal connection with this ghost, so it's not really effective. Yeah. Um. Once again, Sam and Dean, though, they, they explain what a death echo is, and they're like, this is not, like, the big threat in this house. There's something much worse hanging out here. You guys need to go. And they're, like, trying to hustle the, the team out, and this is where Ed is like, hey, on, like, where did Corbett go? Um, we come to upstairs. Corbett, I guess, has gone in search of the ghost. Uh, and he like, enters the room where I think they saw the ghost, the first death echo. Um, and this is when his his headlamp goes out. He's like, oh, that's okay. I've got... He's so cheery, even though he's terrified. He's adorable. Corbett is such a sweetheart. Um, <laughs> oh, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Ted from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Milligan. He he plays like that like puppy dog. sweet puppy dog very yeah. well. Um, yeah, puppy dog is the perfect way to describe it. So... Um, he, like, gets his night vision camera out, and he, like, turns it around to, like, so you, like, see him, and then you, and you see a huge figure It's really creepy the way him. they do it. It's like, he pops oh, up yeah. in the corner. Oh, yeah. He almost looks, like, Frankenstein-esque, like, a the way bit. that they kind of show him. I wonder if they kind of, like, drew some inspiration from Frankenstein designs for this guy. Um, yeah. 
But this is like a massive dude. Yeah, big dude. Um, and we cut back down to the team as we hear Corbett let out like a blood curdling scream. So <laughs> the team freaks out and goes looking for him, but they don't find anything, even though they can still hear him screaming for a while longer. Um, the boys are trying to get the team out, only to find the whole house in a supernatural lockdown. Yeah. Which is not great. The team is, like, freaking out in the main room, and Sam and Dean are over in the entryway again. And Sam is like, let's go hunt the Morton house, you said. It's our Grand Canyon. (laughs) (laughs) And then he, like, smashes a chair into the door. But he's being, like, the pinnacle of snarky baby brother. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love when Sam gets really, like, snippy. There's, um... I don't know what season it's from, but there's a scene where uh, something happens and then Sam goes, I told you so, and Dean's like, well, good for you, or something like that. Like, I love when they get like, and you're like, ah, yes, brothers, (laughs) siblinghood. (laughs) They then encounter another death echo um, of a man who apparently gets hit by a train because he just like see him turn around and then just go flying yeah. hearing like a train like a, like a whistle drunk guy like kind of stumbling and then yeah. he, i guess ended up on a train track i love the way they do this with the light yeah like the light coming the in on him and then he just the horn. flies out and he just like gets shot it's like he got like shot from a cannon the yeah. way they do it it's actually like a really funny <laughs> in high like once you've like gotten over like the kind of shock of it because it's quite surprising <laughs> dean yeah. this is the ghost that dean tries to snap out of it before yeah. the train hits him yeah doesn't seem to notice dean <laughs> They're all at like, all whoa <laughs> um so the team goes searching the house for corbett um trying to figure out why the death echoes are here considering that the as far as sam and dean can tell as far as they're aware that these victims in these death echoes didn't die in this place um so because obviously sam's like well there's this house wasn't <laughs> built over a train track and there's no record of any shooting deaths um because sam has obviously done a deep dive on this house because they want to be as prepared as possible before entering their grand canyon <laughs> i'm guessing dean was like i've got two months left sammy he he has been milking this i'm dying thing like the whole season which we knew he was going to but he's <laughs> um they find uh the office of the home's fi- last owner um uh, mr freeman daggett who was a janitor at a hospital before he died in 1964 you were right the 60s um he was a survivalist um dean finds like uh mres which is meals ready to eat um for anyone who doesn't know military lingo there's a guy on tiktok who like bought like a box of like the 18 mres you can get um and was like doing a tasting series of them and he was he's like a chef i think um uh and he was like some of them are actually like not bad (laughs) that's good (laughs) um but they like digging around the stuff and they find some interesting things like books on taxidermy and um toe tags from like a morgue and this is where we get this interaction is so funny dean's like these are toe tags and then sam's like ew and then like ed and or harry and maggie i think it is oh no it's ed and harry are like what do you mean and 
Um, and so the boys are trying to like spell out without saying it that Daggett like stole corpses from a morgue and brought them home and then like to Dean goes to play with and then Ed and Harry like you could see them like process this and then they both go ew <laughs> the comedic timing in this episode it is just top notch um, Austin and what's his name Oh no, AJ. AJ and Travis, they... Austin is the guy who plays Spruce. AJ and Travis have, like, great comedic chemistry together. <laughs> it's so good. Um, well, they pr- probably had a blast filming oh, their two yeah. episodes. They were oh, in. yeah. Um, this is where Dean realizes that Maggie is missing, and we find that she has, like, wandered off into a room by herself. People really need to stop wandering off. Honest to God. <laughs> I don't know why she thought that was a good idea. I guess it's, like, for, like, reality TV drama or something. Well, she's looking for Corbett, I think. Yeah. Um, they go find her, and Dean's like, stick to the pack, please. Like, stay close. Don't go getting yourself also kidnapped by a ghost um and at this point there's another big emf surge speaking of being kidnapped by ghosts uh the cameras all go weird again i like the way they do this like because we are seeing everything through the cameras and so the cameras go weird and like mm-hmm. like they're not seeing it through the cameras yeah well, spruce is <laughs> i think there's a moment when they're working walking, walking around looking for corbett where maggie's filming too and then dean's like does it make you feel better to like see all this through a camera and she like like lowers the camera down and she's like um yeah yeah it does <laughs> she like puts it back up again and dean's like okay <laughs> um but yeah i really like the way they do this because like basically like they can have the like screen like wide out for a moment and then come back and it makes total sense it's really great very well done but when the cameras come back someone very large is missing from the room <laughs> he just like is there sneak and, attack ghost yeah very sneaky ghost uh sam has gone so and this is where we get the weirdest little interlude ever <laughs> yeah um the wiki describes it as fake reality show drama i don't know how fake or real it was <laughs> for the characters at least obviously sure these was... are all actors i mean like the timing of it is very in the context of the like the team i think they have real feelings for each other mm-hmm. but they're like it's very like what the fuck is this timing <laughs> what is going on here also there's been zero hint of this no there has <laughs> throughout the episode oh yeah they, like, it's hold like hands talking like... about or um harry's like talked about like how uh like pretty maggie is and stuff i don't think they, he uses they those like words. held hands earlier and oh yeah like together the whole episode anyway um (laughs) maggie and harry are like making out (laughs) weird timing spruce is filming them (laughs) like through the wall harry's attention or gets ed's attention boards in the wall Uh and then ed starts fighting harry (laughs) and dean has to break them up (laughs) it's a whole thing ed's like you get my tooth i won right (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad then it cuts to elsewhere in the house. We see through like the camera cameras. that Corbett has like uh-huh. on the table. Um, we see that Sam is tied to a chair, um, and so is Corbett. And um, 
it's like a big table with a birthday cake and rotten food and it's playing it's my party in the background this would actually also be a good um yeah i was gonna say yeah there's a big creepy guy the big bad ghost um that's like walking around walking around you can sort of see some of the other decomposed corpses mm-hmm. at the table as well and he then comes and stabs Corbett with a spike through the neck. Yeah. Despite Sam's pleas to get him to not do that. Yeah. Um, I love the use of It's My Party. Because mm-hmm. it's like such a creepy. bright, like, cheerful song. Or, like, cheerful sounding song. Like, it's very, very well done. Um, uh, back... With the team, Dean has Dean realizes that um, Daggett, the ghost, he was a survivalist uh, during the Cold War era, which means that he likely had a bomb shelter. He immediately heads to the basement, um, followed by Spruce. Uh, only and the, like the whole team, but the basement door uh, slams and locks behind him. So now Spruce and Dean are separated from the rest of the team in the basement. Um, we can't cut back into the bomb shelter. Um, the ghost is like, we get like a cockeyed shot of Sam from Corbett's video camera. Um, and the ghost like bends over Sam's. We can't see what he's doing. And Sam's like telling him to stop. And the ghost says, this won't hurt. And then he leans away and he's put a party hat on (laughs) Sam's head. And I, that, oh my God. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and the reason this it's won't funny, hurt. <laughs> the reason it's funny is because you're like, what is he doing to Sam? Like, it's scary. Yeah. You're like, is he hurting Sam? Like, what's happening? Because you can't really see anything. And then it's just a party hat. And you're just, the, that break in tension is just masterful. I love this episode. Who wrote this episode? I don't even know. <laughs> um, oh, Ben Edlund wrote this episode. And it was directed by Phil Sagrisha. Yep. That's a great team right there. Very good team. Um, meanwhile, Dean instructs um, Maggie, Ed, and Harry to make a salt circle and get inside of it, which this is one of another iconic scene from this, <laughs> this episode, which is where Dean's like, there's some salt in my duffel. Make a circle and get inside. And then like Ed and Harry like whispered to other, like, inside. Like, that's so stupid. And they're like, and inside then, the duffel bag? Inside your duffel bag? And then Dean goes, in the salt, you idiots. <laughs> um, so... Ed, Harry, and Maggie make a big ring of salt uh, and are sitting inside of it when the death echo of Corbett appears, uh, reliving his death, which is The so team tragic. realizes that Corbett has not made it. Yeah, Corbett is dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing, but that's because I don't know how else to react because it's Poor sad. Corbett. Corbett's so sweet. In the basement, um, Spruce asks about what Sam said about Dean only having two months left. He's like, you have cancer or something? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the, the fantastic, I'm not going to whine about my bullshit problems to some bullshit reality show. I'm going to do my fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'll bleeped out, but like, yeah. Um, Dean hears like faint party music through the walls and finds the bomb shelter just before um, and he opens the door just before Sam is gets his own spike through the neck perfect timing um, and he shoots the ghost with a rock salt makes oh, him yeah, disappear yeah 
Um, yeah, that. I think I was looking at my notes at that point. <laughs> Spruce pans the camera over the corpses set up at the birthday party and finds Corbett. Um, Sam reveals Daggett was the Norman Bates type of lonely um, and told Sam that he killed himself after stealing the bodies and um, each February 29th he takes people for his party. Yeah. I find it very interesting because Sam like explains all this stuff and he's like how the hell do you know this? And Sam's like he (laughs) He told told me. (laughs) Which is like that's creepy. (laughs) But yeah like and it's like like that's sad that like this guy was so lonely but also like I feel like he was lonely for a reason. Probably. He was Had probably, some issues. <laughs> people probably didn't want to be around him for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. And also it ended up in a lot of deaths. Um, upstairs, Ed, Harry, and Maggie are obviously freaking the fuck out about Corbett's ghost. Um, and Ed realizes that they need to try and help him. Um, he, he gets outside of the circle and he tries to talk to Corbett, but it's not really working. Um, all down in the basement dean is banging on the basement door trying to like break it down but it's it's ghost sealed um which oh this reminds me my friend from um the from my main discord server i hang out in aramis who's been watching or watching listening to our episodes Uh she was listening to our playthings coverage and in that episode we talk about how hard it is for sam to break the glass on like the the pool house uh-huh. or like what the fuck is this pool house made of and she was like it's ghost glass like the, the glass is being like reinforced by the ghost's ghost power because sam is only able to break it once maggie or um is it maggie the daughter is in the water already mm-hmm. like once she's in the water once the ghost has her in the water and then actually gets called by rose and leaves that's only that's it's only at that point that sam is able to get into the pool house Hmm, that makes Uh, sense which yeah i was like oh my god why didn't we fucking think of that we need to bring aramis on for a guest (laughs) appearance because she yeah she's got all the thoughts um so yeah dean is trying to bang on this door and when uh daggett shows up and he throws spruce across the room (laughs) (laughs) um before he is Before he is um, shot by Sam. And they explained the rock salt thing to Spruce a bit ago. Um, Yeah, he's like, are those real bullets? (laughs) Yeah. And then back upstairs, Harry is like, Ed, Corbett was in love with you. (laughs) Which is true, he was. Uh, And then he basically tells him, you gotta be gay for that poor dead intern. You gotta send him into the light. This fucking show <laughs> oh my god i know this is like problematic but as a couple of gays it's really it's fucking hilarious <laughs> you know it's like i remember the first time i saw it i'm like oh my god it's like, i was dying <laughs> and obviously i think kind of the way the show frames it is a little bit making fun of the way that Ed and Harry go about this. It's like, yeah. look, these guys the, are douchebags. The whole point is like, these guys are just stupid. <laughs> Everything they say is stupid. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, it's not like. Yeah, but Corbett is poor Corbett, the poor gay, poor dead gay intern. <laughs> you gotta be gay for that poor dead intern. <laughs> you gotta send him into the light. <laughs> it's so bad. 
love it. I love it. I it's it's. <laughs> I know it's problematic. I think it's brilliant. I love it's it. It's also so funny much. as hell. It's so. seriously hilarious. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Ed takes Harry's advice and manages to get through to Corbett just in time um, for Corbett to take on Daggett, who's tossing around Sam Dean and Spruce in the basement. (laughs) And the two ghosts fight in a smoky cloud um, before the cameras white out. So Corbett is the hero of the episode. Yeah, which I had actually forgot in that part. I was like, how do they get rid of the ghost? I don't remember how they get rid of the ghost. Some ghost on ghost... um, that sounds, that sounds so bad. Good <laughs> fighting. On, some ghost on ghost action. <laughs> There's our episode title. Roll credits. Um, and the cameras come back to reveal both the ghosts are now gone. Yeah. So, we cut to morning. Um, everyone everyone minus, minus Corbett. Corbett. <laughs> yeah, that's what the wiki said. That's what I copied and pasted. They're leaving as... as as the sun rises uh, we get a beautiful absolutely stunning shot of the Impala some really pretty shots oh my gosh it's really gorgeous um, the cinematography uh, in this last little bit Um, so the whole team and the boys are stumbling out of the house as the sun is coming up um, and this is all narrated by Ed and Harry who are back at their fireplace and they like lament the loss of their friend I'm gonna pull up the transcript because it's like, it's just too good. Um. I got distracted by the minutia of the episode. Um. <laughs> Ed says, a leap year, February 29th, the Morton House, a tragic day, a day of souls bound in torment. Torment? Torment? Wow. <laughs> torment of lives held in cruel balance. But the ghost facers, they did the best that they could. Uh, we lost a beloved friend, but we gained new allies. We know this much, that every day, including today, is a new beginning. We learned more than we can say in the brutal feet of the Morton House. They let like, go on and on. <laughs> War changes man and, and Maggie. Maggie. <laughs> War changes man and one woman. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like talking about corn. They're like, "You're not an intern anymore. You have more than earned full ghost facer status. Plus, it'd be cool to have a ghost on the team." I don't think Corbett's ghost is hanging around anymore. Um, but <laughs> and here we were thinking that you know we were teaching you, and all this time you were teaching us about heart, about dedication, about how gay love could pierce them through the veil of death and save the day. <laughs> it's so. It's like very, like. Go well into the starry night, young Turk. Go well. <laughs> I don't fully understand what young Turk means. It must be some quote from I something. I googled it. Because um, the way that Ed looks at Harry when he says that... Hang on. Young yet? <laughs> I'm trying to type. Okay. Um... According to Wikipedia, the term Young Turk is now used to signify an insurgent person trying to take control of a situation or organization by force or political maneuver. No wonder Ed looks at Harry that way, because it makes, like, no sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, the way that they do this is very, like, like it's heartfelt, but it's also, like... Very, like... Exploitative. Well, it's very, like, 
dramatic. Oh yeah, yeah. But they're like they're definitely like they're exploiting Corbett's death oh, to yeah. like make a TV pilot, um, and then we get like a clip of Corbett like loading up um, gear in the back of their van and. Um, uh, Spruce asks him, um, this is one of our confessional moments, so confess, what do you think was, was going to happen tonight? What do you think is going to happen on this trip? And Corbett says, I think tonight, I really do, I think all of our dreams are going to tr- come true. Does that sound stupid? And Spruce says, kind of does, yeah. <laughs> Let me get like a freeze frame, and then it says, in memory of Alan J. Corbett, 1985 to 2008, King of the Impossible. <laughs> And then, as as we settle on that last, like, text title screen, um, the camera pans out, and we reveal that we are in Ed's garage, Ed's parents' garage, um, where they have been showing their completed pilot episode to Sam and Dean. Who um, were like, that's great. Like, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, they're like, that's, that's real great, well, guys. I like the, let's see, the quote where... Um... Sam's like, I mean, it's bizarre how you were all a- able to honor Corbett's memory while gross- grossly exploiting the manner of his death. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I think we get like a shot, a pointed shot of like Dean setting a, like leaving a duffel bag like next to the desk. Um, but they, the boys are like, are you sure you want to like put the truth out there? And um, Ed's like, it's our job to show the world the truth. And Sam's like, yeah. In our experience, usually revealing the truth, this is gonna like land you in straight jackets. <laughs> like and they're like, but good luck, um, and they leave. Um, and as soon as they do, um, the ghost facers are like kind of like mocking the boys, like, oh man, um, I don't know what they say. Even I'm tired. Um, Harry says don't be facer haters just because we haven't have gotten the footage of this century um but so they leave and Harry's like dicks (laughs) so they start talking about Spruce is like I'm gonna start like making some DVDs um and this is where Ed notices that one of them has left their bag by the desk um I don't remember he says um Menudo left their dance bag behind I don't know oh there's a Latin boy band apparently um, and say, so open it up and pull out this weird contraption that's clearly homemade. Uh, and as soon as Ed holds it up, the computer screens in all of the computer screens start going crazy, like all f- fuzzy and weird. And then one of the computers blue screens while they all freak the fuck out. Uh, and meanwhile, <laughs> it cuts to outside and the boys are getting the Impala and you can hear the ghost facer screaming inside the garage. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and Dean says that he, um, <laughs> he left an electro, he made an electromagnet that wiped out every tape and hard drive they have. <laughs> Sam says the world just isn't ready for the ghost facers. <laughs> Dean says it's too bad. I kind of like the show. <laughs> um, and this is, they get, they get in the Impala and they get out of there. They like, <laughs> zip out of there they go so fast <laughs> but, yeah. before they start running after him <laughs> this is a very like monster of the weeky episode it doesn't really delve too deep into the meta plot of the episode um or of the season it's, it's but a fun I different episode fucking love it. <laughs> sam gets kidnapped by a ghost having a birthday party um he gets to wear a party hat dean gets to swear <laughs> a poor dead a poor gay intern dies and then saves the day even as a ghost 
Go Corbett. <laughs> Gay love pierced the, the veil of veil death. death. <laughs> go be gay for that poor dead intern. <laughs> it's. I love it. I love it. So bad and it so good at the same time. It fails to just crack me up. It's so. It's the comedic timing of it. It's just. I love how they were able to find oh a team gosh. just as bizarre and wonky as they are. <laughs> I feel like Maggie has kind of gotten involved just because by. Uh, because she's Ed's sister. Well, adopted, but Ed's sister. And then. Spruce said that he saw Ed at the mall putting up posters, uh, and he, he read the poster and was like, huh, where do ghosts come from? But he was <laughs> yeah, definitely was getting in on this, into this gig for Ed. Um, there's a literally a moment where he's like talking, like waxing poetic about Ed's beard, and then he's like, and Harry's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Dustin Milligan does a fabulous job as Corbett. Honestly, I love this whole episode. We get a little outsider perspective. We don't get too deep on lore, but that's okay because, like, we're just dealing with ghosts. Like, we know ghosts. Um, We get some, there's some really fantastic lines in this episode. (laughs) The actress that played Maggie, I'm wondering if she, I recognize her from The Office. I wonder if she was in The Office. I'm curious. Let me look her up. That's one of the waitresses that Michael <gasps> takes to the birth of the Christmas party. Oh my god, she might be. Because that was like around the same time, like year-wise. Um, I don't know. She's been in a lot of things. She was in Hawaii, Five though. Um, I don't think she was in the office. Unless she's like uncredited. Hmm. But... What episode of that? The Office is that? It's the Betty Hanna Christmas episode. I don't know if that's what's called. Ah. Here, let me look up full casting. See, it was 2006. Um... Oh, yeah. She plays Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew I recognized she her. She plays Cindy in the office. The one that Michael's trying to rebound like, with. future wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. That's funny. That's amazing I that knew you it. recognized her. I'm like, I know she seems familiar. <laughs> You've seen The Office more than I have, so. I'm a big Office fan. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, I love this episode. This episode is so fucking funny. One of my favorite lines from this episode is I'm not going to whine about my bullshit problem. It's just some bullshit reality <laughs> show. I'm going to do my fucking job. <laughs> I keep pulling the battery thing off the back. I've been fucking with my keyboard this entire time. I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> the desk is a little crowded right now, so the keyboard isn't sitting on the desk. It's in my lap. So, but I love this show. I don't feel like there's too much, like, meta-y stuff to dig into. Like, obviously, we get a classic, the boys get separated and Dean has a panic attack, <laughs> basically. Um, boys get separated by a door and they freak the fuck out. <laughs> like, Sam gets kidnapped by a ghost, Dean's gonna go a little bit crazy. And he does a little bit. Like, he 
they're like the whole team is running around yelling Corbett's name and Dean's the only one yelling Sam's which I thought was an interesting touch I think Maggie yells Sam does too. she? yeah go Maggie <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I love this episode it's a good episode mm-hmm I think the guy who plays the ghost it might be taller than Sam. He's huge. He's massive. He's a John big DeSantis. dude. The name's in um. Oh, he's six foot nine. Oh Jesus gosh. Christ. He's actually a pretty decent looking dude. Oh, he plays the Gollum in later seasons. Oh my god, I didn't even realize. He plays the Gollum. For anyone who's seen... um, (laughs) You haven't met the Gollum yet. He's so fucking dull. For anyone who's seen... I think it's season 8? Or 9. 8 or 9. I think it's 8. The Gollum, Adam's... Or um, Aaron's Gollum. um, Is played by the same guy who plays the ghost in... um, Ghost facers. Fucking giant. Holy cow. So, but yeah, he's six foot nine. Which, oh, fun fact. Um, I had to, literally had to look up our thing on our Twitter because I was like, what episode number is this? Um, and Mark and Mark Shepard and David Hayden Jones panel at Fanex. Someone asked about the nickname Moose. Um, and Mark confirmed that Jared is in fact six foot five and lies about his height, which is something that Jensen had confirmed in an, a, like a small interview once, forever ago. But like but not a lot of fans have read that interview. But yeah, he says he's six foot five because actually, like in the film and TV world, being you can be too tall. Um, if you're not like The Rock, or like. <laughs> You know, or, like, someone who can do, like, great character, specific character work, and, like, really, like, the guy who played Chewbacca, like, he was really tall. Um, I don't remember how tall he is. Um, The new guy, too, was super tall. Yeah. Um, Like, unless you're, like, one of those guys, there is such thing as too tall in film and TV, Um, and six foot five, I guess, is too tall. How tall does he say he is? He says he's six four. So it's only an inch difference, but apparently that inch makes a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) The looks that gave each other. (laughs) That's what she said. But yeah, which people have like figured that because if you like, we know that Jensen is six two, and if you stand the boys side by side, and if Jensen's not wearing his Dean boots to give him, like, another inch, like, Jensen's actually a little bit shorter than you'd think he would be if Jared was 6'4". Like, the difference is How tall bigger. Is Jensen? Jensen's 6'2". Okay. <laughs> he talked about, oh, it was, oh, I, my friend sent me the panel video, and I don't know what panel it was from. I think it might have been from JibCon, because this last this year's JibCon because Jared wasn't able to go to that um because he had a scheduling thing come up with Walker they had like a a specific location that they only had for three days and they were there was no way they could get it after those three days like they had three days to film and that was it so he had to be in Austin um which like totally fair um but so Jensen had like a solo panel and he was talking about Jared's brother who is 6'6 um, and a doctor. 
and uh, according to Jensen, that handsome son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but Jensen talked about how he's he's got a like I don't know what his proper title is, but he's got a role on ABC's Big Sky for this season. And he said it's really fun to be the the tall guy on set. People will be like, oh, I thought you were shorter than that. And he'd be like, oh, you haven't met Sasquatch yet. Because <laughs> Jared's tall, tall. Taller than him. So people always think that Jensen's shorter than he actually is because he's always stood next to Jared for 15 years. <laughs> Misha's six foot. Six foot. I think he's actually 5'11 and says he's six foot, which is a very man thing to do, but he's six, he's listed as six foot. And so there's, there's a convention bit where I don't remember. They're talking about the heights for some reason. And Misha goes, I'm tall too. (laughs) Which is like, that's a note. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Jared is in fact six foot five, and the guy who plays the ghost in this episode is six foot nine. Fucking hell, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's so tall. He's almost seven foot. <laughs> yeah, he's that's so tall. I can't imagine being that tall. What, what does a world look like from up there? There's that guy on TikTok who does that. He's yeah. like a really. He's he has like, to duck under like signs. Yeah, at the grocery he'll like store. knock his head on the signs at the grocery store and stuff. He'll be like, "Oh, it's really dirty up here." <laughs> like, on the top of the freezers, there's a great one where he's like, "I'm going to the grocery store and getting a gallon of milk to like show you what it looks like when he's holding a gallon of milk in his hand." And he startled two little ladies, and one of them was like. Uh, one of them said, you're huge. <laughs> the other one's like, you're a giant. She's like, I think she said, you're massive or okay. something like you're that. You're massive. That's what it was. And her like little, like old lady, slightly southern accent. It was so funny. This is a tiny hunched so old, over old woman. You're massive. <laughs> you're massive. <laughs> Can you imagine being that tall? <laughs> oh my God. But yeah. Okay. We've gone off topic again. This episode at the moment pre-editing <coughs> is um over two hours long wow so that's fun this is gonna be super fun to edit i don't really have much to say about this episode beyond the fact that i fucking love it so i guess let's call it a night so i can ghost, edit this shit down and go to facers. bed oh my god <laughs> face the ghost what others will not ghost ghost facers what <laughs> let's do the outro lovey I like seeing in it. I know, you're so cute. <laughs> it's gotta be the outro music. Of course it is. I've already downloaded singing, it and put I'm it in I'm singing the outro music. I've already put it in there. Okay. Um. Alright. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear and you haven't already, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Also, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use if that has a function to do that. Um, it helps the algorithm. It helps more people find us. Um, and if you have any fellow Supernatural fans, tell them about us. If you want to reach out, you can find the pod on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, where you can see um, our one of our Charlie photo ops, which is really fun. Um, we're also on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam podcast and on Tumblr and TikTok at we need to talk about Sam. I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr and Haley, my love, where can the people find you? Um 
You can find me. <laughs> what are you looking at? Those Shark to Bear figures. Oh, we have a bunch of Lord of the Rings Funko Pops on the shelf. <laughs> you can find me at um, Life Foods on 3 on Twitter and Eat Chef Thoughts dash blog on Tumblr. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. been a crazy couple weeks we went to fanex we did we went to fanex it was lots and lots of fun poor chloe got left alone for almost three days straight but now she gets to be with me every day but yeah now bailey's working from home so chloe gets to hang out with mom all day long and she's enjoying it luckily (laughs) she's in heat right now so she's very low energy i say as she's like being a spaz I think she's finally chewing on the She's chewing bone. on a bone. She was playing, being a spaz earlier. She's finally chewing on the bone I gave her like a week ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's probably helping her like get used to you being home all the time. The fact that she's in heat. Yeah. Um, because she's very low energy. She's not feeling very barky lately. She's still a little bit barky, but less so. And... But yeah, Chloe was alone for three days straight because we were a fan ex. And it was lots and lots of fun. I went all three days. Haley only went Friday and Saturday. But it was still a really good time. It was really fun. We had a good time. I got a solo photo op with Felicia Day. Who said she liked my hair. And then called me adorable. Um, So yeah. Life complete. (laughs) Uh, And then we did a combined. Like a joint photo op. With um, Steve Burns. A.K.A. Steve from Blue's Clues. The original... The original... The original... Host. Host of the Blue's Clues TV show. <laughs> we both grew up on Steve. Yes. So, and yeah. And then I got my copy of Felicia Day's first book, You're Never Weird on the Internet, almost. Which is a very, very good book. If any of you are a Felicia Day fan, or even if you're not... Um, I highly recommend that book. It was, it's really, really good. It's got a lot of great life lessons and stuff in it. And she also just has had a very interesting life. <laughs> so she's told me she's working on her third book, which is really exciting. So, but yeah, I got my book signed. And then we got um, the box for my blue, as in like blue the dog, Funko Pop signed by Steve, which was awesome, and he drew a little paw print on it, and oh, it's really so cute. freaking cute. I love it. I was wearing my Obi Wan Kenobi shirt. Oh yeah, <laughs> that said "Hello there" on it, and, and when Steve saw it, he's like, "Hello there." He did a really good Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> impression. Like <laughs> both times he saw it, he did the "Hello there." It was funny. Yeah, because he was like, "That's how you." He's like, "That's how you have to say it," and I was like, "Yes, exactly." Steve gets it. The back of that shirt, um, which I don't think anybody really saw, because you wore your 
your like plaid jacket over the top of it most of the day but the back of that shirt has general grievous and it says general General kenobi Kenobi. (laughs) it's really great it's a great shirt (laughs) i love it as soon as i saw hot topic i'm like i need this (laughs) and i i told you i was not wrong i told you that's the shirt that people that you wear that people notice the most is that shirt yeah because everyone has to do that hello there (laughs) (laughs) although i did wear my lord of the rings like um kawaii shirt today and i Uh got like a lot of compliments on that one too that's fun um my between those my supernatural cats shirt that one gets the most comments the one that you got me from hot topic it's Sam, Dean, and Cass as cats. <laughs> like, they're wearing little clothes and everything. It's actually, like, a really good piece of art. Um, Haley got it for me at Hot Topic. And that's the one shirt that I wear, fandom or non-fandom, that gets the most comments. Because people are, people either are like, oh my gosh, it's the Supernatural guys as cats. Or they're like, oh, kitties! <laughs> like, it's both. Or both. Like, <laughs> but yeah. It's a very cute shirt. Um... Yeah, it was a really good weekend. I got a really cute piece of art of um, some hedgehogs with a cactus uh, that is adorable. It's the the same artist who did a sticker that I got last year that's a hairless cat with a scarf. um, And it says, um, no hair, don't, no hair, no problems, or no hair, don't care, something along those lines. So I really like their art style. Um, And then I also got... Um, which I'd actually never done before, despite having been to every single one of Hollywood's Utah appearances. Literally, the first time I went to Fanex was the first year they went to Fanex, and I went to Fanex because they were coming to Fanex. So I, and I've gone to all of their meetups as well because they meet up at a movie theater that's actually like five ten minutes from our where we live now. So, (laughs) um, that's where they do their meetups is at that movie theater. And I've been to all of those as well. So like, I've literally been to everything they do and they've done in Utah and I've never gotten their autographs. That's sad. (laughs) Well, it's not, I technically have their autographs because I got like a Christmas card because I'm a member of their Patreon. Um, so I got a Christmas card one year that they did for like a donate-a-thon thing and that has their signatures in it as well but today this year i was like i have only ten dollars to spend at the hillywood booth um so i guess i'll get my favorite shot from the supernatural 2 parody which is um hilly osric jared and jensen like coming out of the mist in their ghostbuster outfits the best (laughs) if you haven't seen that parody i will link it in the show notes you need to go watch it (laughs) it's a work of art it (laughs) <laughs> it, I think that's of the two that's the one that you can see without having watched all of, or most of Supernatural you will not recognize all of the people in it um, and some of the you won't get some of the references Yeah, but it doesn't deal with in-show canon um, so there's no spoilers. Plus there's a lot of references to Ghostbusters also. Which yeah, also it's full that. of Ghostbusters <laughs> references, which is really fun. Um, whereas their first Supernatural parody specifically deals with the events at the end of season nine. So, like, it's kind of like spoilers, pretty big spoilers, pretty, pretty like major spoilers. <laughs> so, which is why Haley has not seen that one. Um, but it was fun because we went to their panel on Thursday, or on, not Thursday, on Friday, and they showed 
Supernatural parody two up on the big screens in the panel room, which is the best way to watch their pan or their um, parodies. Like it's fun to watch. They're like fine on a phone because we all watch YouTube on our phones, and they're great on a TV. But like on the big screen, I yeah. love. It's part of why I love going to their events when they come to the movie theater because they'll play oh, a parody yeah. or That'd two cool. in like on the movie screen, and it is just oh, it's so good it's the best way to watch them is on a really big screen like that so because they put them in like 4k like they, they, they Hilly works in, really hard like, so much effort into them they're like impeccably done they're insane um but i got to meet them for the first time so yeah Haley got to meet them for the first time and i got a signed um print from them and Hilly recognizes me but she's really bad at remembering names which is totally fair because she meets like a bajillion people and also it had been like four years since I saw them last literally the last time I saw them was 2018 because they didn't come to 2019 fan x because they were she recognized that your hair had changed was really amazing yeah so the last time I saw them was 2018 um which I think it was actually at the was it 2018 oh no it was 2019 2019 was the last time i saw them because i was living in my second apartment um and i had just fucked up my shoulder like the month before um like the week before the literally the thursday before thanksgiving 2019 i slipped on like a grassy hill in, in the rain and like jammed my shoulder and like was wearing a sling so when i went to their event i was wearing a sling and hilly was like what did you do <laughs> and i was like i got in a fight with a hill <laughs> the hill won <laughs> um i didn't like break anything and we don't even really know i think i probably mostly just like strained it but i was in a lot of pain it was not fun i went to the urgent care i'd never been to an urgent care before i actually went to the urgent care twice because they told me if it was still hurting um like on the next like Tuesday to come in again <laughs> and that's when they like did x-rays and stuff um to make sure I hadn't broken anything but but yeah that was the last time I saw them was fall of 2019 they didn't come to Fanex that year because they were working on Umbrella Academy parody which came out yeah. that fall yeah um and then COVID happened and then COVID <laughs> happened so yeah it's been like three years since I saw them and Hilly was like I seen you before and I was like I've come to every one of your Utah events and she's like you cut your hair and I was like you inspired me because <laughs> she had you just have like really long hair like mine we both have red hair like actually like a pretty similar color yeah um and hers is like naturally very curly and she did like the big chop over COVID she went to like shoulder length and then she went full pixie like a week later <laughs> but I was like you inspired me I was like if Hilly can cut all of her hair off I can cut all of my hair off because we both are like we both always have had like long red hair and people are like oh your hair's so pretty it's so beautiful don't cut it like that's the thing that I always got compliments on the most which is why I was partially hesitant to chop it all off like that and then I went for it, and I love it. And now I get comments on how, like, fun my hairstyle is, which is great, because I picked it. <laughs> you did. I did it myself. Um, well, I didn't do it myself. I picked it myself, though. But yeah, Hilly recognizes me. It is always fun. And we went to some fun panels. I went to a really good world-building one um, that had, like, Brandon Sanderson and a bunch of other authors. That was really fun. And we went to, um, how do you pronounce his last name, babe? Which one? Carrie. Oh, Carrie Eulis. Carrie Eulis. We went to his panel on... That's how you say it. <laughs> was it Friday? Yeah. I think so. That panel was a treat. 
I love listening to that man. I can listen to him all day. Oh my god. He is a fantastic storyteller. He, for anyone who doesn't know, Carrie Ewis, Ewis? I, I feel like I'm butchering his last name. This is Ulyss. Ulyss, Carrie Ulyss is the actor who plays Wesley in The Princess Bride. So he's the main character, Buttercup's, like, love interest, who, like, goes off to make his fortune. The Dread Pirate Roberts. And then, um, <laughs> that's a big spoiler. <laughs> but if you haven't seen The Princess Bride by this point. It's been the 80s. At this point, it's fair game. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's who he plays. That's who that actor is. He's come to Utah a few times, actually, which is why I was kind of okay not getting his photo op this year, because I was like, he'll be back. <laughs> he's come here quite a few times. Yeah, so. he's come a few times. I'm like, he he's going to be back. So, but yeah, we went to his panel, and he told so many fun stories, mostly about the behind the scenes of The Princess Bride, some really great ones about Andre the Giant. He does incredible impressions. His Andre yeah. the Giant impression was top-notch. and it was like on point. <laughs> Yeah, so good. So, so good. He his I think he did an impression of Mandy, I think, as well. Mandy Patinkin, the guy who played um, Inigo Montoyo. Oh, did uh, he? He did an impression of him, of him at one point. That was really great he, as he well. Did, um, and he did, um... And he did... Yeah, he did Billy Zini. Crystal and that... <laughs> Wallace oh. Shawn, I think? Yeah, Wallace... Wallace Shawn. That sounds right. I am too lazy to check it. Wally. Um, the guy oh, who played Fashini. That's what he called him. He called him Wally. <laughs> um, Wally. <laughs> uh, I think he he reads. Um, so he recently came out with a book called As You Wish, which is basically a little memoir about the filming of The Princess Bride. Um, and he reads the audiobook. And there's also there's snippets within the book from other cast members, and a few of them came in to read their parts of the audiobook as well, which is really fun. So, but yeah, he is a fabulous storyteller. He's so good. He could just go on and on and on. I think they got like, what, like eight questions maybe? <laughs> maybe fewer than that. They yeah. didn't get to, add, they didn't actually ask that many questions. Uh, but he he tells because he tells long stories, but they're great <laughs> stories. So and then right after that, Haley went and got food, and then I stayed for Mark Shepard and David Hayden Jones panel, and I Haley, I left because I didn't want to get spoiled. Yeah, you would have been spoiled. You would have been big time spoiled because David's character doesn't even get introduced until season twelve. So and you also Crowley doesn't get introduced till season five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have a ways to go until Crowley. I know. But, uh, so you would have been major spoiled. Mark Shepard from both Doctor Who and Firefly is where mm-hmm. I know him from, but I haven't seen him in Supernatural yet. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's great. I didn't realize that Doctor Who, well, New Who started at the same time Supernatural did uh-huh. in two thousand five. I didn't realize that because. There's like some, there was some scheduling issues with Mark in season six, and that's because he was filming Doctor Who. He plays a great character. His Doctor Who character is fabulous. Captain uh, Everett so the Third. <laughs> so good. The gay FBI agent, and he's great. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so I stayed for their panel, and Mark is a menace. I don't know if any of you guys have watched Mark's Supernatural panels, um, or any of his panels, any of his convention panels. He takes the microphone. And he walks around the room and he terrorizes people. <laughs> he says hi to all the kids because he's deep down, he's a big softy. Um, but he just walks around the room and is a menace. He like went, stood by the microphone and was just like staring at the people asking questions and just generally being 
<laughs> terror. <laughs> it was really great, though. He Mark is Mark is always a treat. was a lot of fun we saw so many good things so many cool things all the cool cool things we got some cool art yeah babe found some really cool art she found one that said like a norman rockwell it's the diner paint piece by norman rockwell uh it's pretty iconic i'm sure you guys probably like even if you don't recognize it by name if you saw it you'd be like oh yeah that one it's that but with doctor who characters and the tardis on the sidewalk outside i love it it's incredible it's like davros is the the like server that's got the 10th doctor in rows and then uh-huh. like the time vortex in the background and the tardis it's it's great yeah it's really good <laughs> i think the fourth doctor's in it too is he over there. And I also um, got a cool Legend of Korra. Mm-hmm. She got piece. a really cool Red Dead one. We got Which some fun things. What art did you get besides the hedgehog? Oh, like you got something also, else. I found... Okay, so you guys may have heard of these. There are a series of supernatural novels. I just pulled the battery cover oh, off yeah. of the keyboard. There's 17 of them, which my friend was like... I told my friend that was like... She was like, I thought there was like 12. I was like, no, there's 17. Um, and I have the first two and then the eighth one. And now I have, oh, I don't know where, which one did I get? No, I don't remember. Let me see. Let me find a list because there is a list I can pull up. Um. So the ones I have are Nevermore, Witch's Canyon, and Heart of the Dragon, which are, is one, two, and four. And then I also have eight, I believe, which is Coyote's Kiss. Um, That's the one I got you, I think. But one, three, and four are all written by Keith R. Keith R.A. DeCandido, I think is how you say his last name. Um, and we were like, we were just walking around the vendor floor and there was like a big, like, author booth. massive, like, author booth with just piles of books all along it. And people, like, the authors, like, standing behind and signing and stuff. And I was just, I wasn't really paying attention. Haley was looking at one book and I was like, these, are, there's a supernatural book here. And it was, um, I can't even remember. Heart of the Dragon? Yeah, I think I saw it and pointed it out to you. Did you see it and point it out to me? I couldn't mm-hmm. remember. But yeah, so I there was like a stack of Heart of the Dragon, copies of Heart of the Dragon there, and I was like, oh, they have, this, they have a Supernatural book. I should grab it. Um, and then the guy that's sitting right behind the table, he's like, uh, he's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wrote two others as well. I was like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> like, you're the author? And he was like, oh, yeah. I could sign it for you. And I was like, hell yeah. So I got it and he signed it for me. And he was telling me about um, kind of the, uh, the process of the, getting the books approved. Um, basically, like, they, they, the author will get sent scripts because the books, like, kind of fit between episodes. Obviously, they don't, like, um, like, there's not stuff in the books that is, like, important to know to be watching the show. Like, these are, like, a separate thing that you some people don't even necessarily consider to be canon. Um, 
but they like fit between episodes so be like this book fits between episode this and this in season four you know so like to like understand more of the context of this book that now you know where it kind of goes in the timeline of the whole show um and he wrote three books um and one three and four are the three books that he's written um and the third one bone key was written near the end of season three was when he like completed it and when he would complete a book when the, when an author completes the book they send it to like the showrunner and the producers and someone there usually an assistant because a showrunner does not have the time to read an entire novel <laughs> like an assistant or someone will approve it um or give feedback i guess or something and then from there it can go to publishing um and usually it's an assistant but at the end of season three they were it was during the writer's strike that he completed bone key uh and so he sent it to kripke's office and guess who had nothing but time on his hands <laughs> and actually approved like read and approved the book himself <laughs> which is really cool <laughs> yeah kripke approved bone key which makes me excited and that's the one i, d I don't have that one yet <laughs> i what, have what, one two and four what order is that one at again bone key uh -huh. it's number three three yeah and i don't have it yet <laughs> so there's an empty spot on my shelf actually there's not an empty What's spot the on one my you shelf bought? it was the first one I got Nevermore, and gosh, what's the second one? I mean, what's the one you got at Comic Con? Heart of the Dragon. Oh, okay. So, but which is what number? <laughs> four. Four. I have Nevermore, which is Canyon, Heart of the Dragon, and um, Coyote's Kiss, which is the one you got me. Yeah. That one's number eight. That one seems familiar. Yeah. So, I'm slowly accumulating, and then I also have Bobby's journal. I really want John's journal. Um. So. But yeah, I have currently have four out of seventeen. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I got to meet the guy, uh, one of the authors of the Supernatural novels. That was really cool. <laughs> uh, and I got my copy of Heart of the Dragon signed, which is exciting. I was like, <laughs> he was just chilling at his table, and I was like, ooh, a Supernatural book, and he was like, I wrote that, and I was like, what? <laughs> which was really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um. What else did you get? I feel like you got some other art, though. I got you the Jurassic Park thing. Yeah, he got me a Jurassic Park poster. I got the book. I got the hedgehogs. I got my Hillywood print. I got my copy of You're Never Weird on the Internet signed. I got... My Funko Pop box signed. I got my photo ops. I don't think I... Oh! Oh! Ah! I remember what it is. I got... <laughs> I was struggling really hard. <laughs> Going down the list in my head. I got... I don't even know how to describe them. They're these thin sheets of wood... Oh, yeah, yeah, And they're yeah, yeah. about the size, they're five by seven, I think the guy said. They're like profiles made out of wood. Um, but, okay, so I'm trying to, they're like, they're like a centimeter, and probably less than that. They're like, maybe like half a centimeter thick-ish. They're pretty thin. Um, and they're like five by seven. 
pieces of wood that are painted black and each one is like i don't even know how to describe what they did like it's like carved so that it's like got holes in it you know kind of like a snowflake maybe it's like a cut out kind of cut out yes that's what it is like they cut out to create shapes in the wood to create designs so there was like um there was like spider webs and black widow black wi- the black widow symbol and i think i saw fantastic four one and like jack skellington and things like that but Haley found one that was a side profile silhouette of sam <laughs> and then she kept flipping and she was like here's dean <laughs> and then they had the like and they the also had cast and then they had the anti-possession ta- symbol um so i got sam dean and the anti-possession symbol because I thought that as a set, the three looked really nice together. Poor Cass. She said that a (laughs) Cass. The thing was, was Sam was facing one way, and Dean face like you can put them facing each other. And I had the the idea to put the the symbol together. Yeah, and then put the symbol in the middle, and like that's a really cool like display. But then like where does Cass go? (laughs) Because he also was a side profile silhouette. So, like, theoretically, I guess you could line them up and do, like, Sam, Dean, Cass all facing the same direction. But I really liked them facing each other with the symbol in the middle. Yes. Yeah, cool. um, so, yeah. And those were only $5 each. I was, like, fully prepared to not be able to afford them to, like, have my heart broken. I was 100% prepared for that. Because I, like, turned to the lady. I was like, how much are these? And she was like, um, let me check. Because, like, the different sizes are different prices. And I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. And so her friend partner i don't know the guy that was also in the booth um he like looked it up in their system and he was like oh those are just five they're like the five by seven ones those are five dollars each and i was like uh i was so excited because i was genuinely i was fully prepared to not be able to afford them That one was really neat. Just realized we forgot to tell them. What? We took pictures with Charlie. Oh, yeah. We got pictures with Charlie the Impala. I love Charlie the Impala. It was my first time, like, sitting in, like, a car replica and, like, Uh seeing all the details. That that was majorly fangirling. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. I was... Okay, so on Thursday, I was, like, having one of those days where the smallest thing is going to set you up over the edge you know like you're just like everything is going wrong and if one more little thing goes wrong i'm gonna blow my top like i'm so frustrated so upset i was like right on the verge the whole morning i was like snapping at chloe i felt so bad later (laughs) i just i was just done i think i was just really tired and also i realized after i got food that i was hangry as hell (laughs) that'll do it i was very angry um i was still like feeling very sensitive when i got to the convention um, I was all by myself. I think that was part of the thing was I didn't want to go alone. I'm sorry. I wanted to go with my girl, but I Haley had to work. work, which like I understand, but I was still like bummed by, and I didn't want to go alone. <laughs> but I did go alone, and I had a good time. It was fun. That was the day I went to the most panels. Um, but I like got to the convention late and like missed two panels that I'd wanted to see, and I was like 
just like not in a great mood and i was like well i guess i'll just go back and see what like the prices are for like the autographs that we want if like if they've listed the prices yet and stuff and so i was like i'll just like walk all the way back there to the back of like back right by celebrity row and just kind of see what prices look like like are, do they is do they have the charlie prices up like do they have the autograph prices? And so I just walked all the way back there, and as soon as I saw that fucking gar, I almost cried. I was so happy. I love that car. <laughs> Charlie the so Impala cool. is gorgeous. Um, and I can say a car is 18 feet long, but I think it's a little bit difficult to picture in your head how long 18 that feet is, is until you're standing big. next to it. 